Are you an international student looking for jobs in the U.S.? Our winter enrollment is now open. The program will help you build your brand and network to land jobs in the U.S. Visit icoa.com or click the link in the caption below. Can't wait to make you my next success story. This is Meet the Mentor, the podcast that helps you overcome your unique challenges as an international job seeker. I am Coach Kwan, founder of I See Away, born in Bangkok, Thailand, and now living in Chicago. In my past life, I helped global organizations with their talent strategy, and now I get to do what I love as a career coach for international students and immigrants in the U.S. Adapting to a new culture is easier said than done. The fear of rejection is real. How can we handle it? Our guest mentor today is Dr. Andrew Woods, an adjunct professor at M1 Business School in Shanghai, China. He's also an adjunct faculty member at the British Columbia Institute of Technology in Canada. Dr. Woods has also served. As an advisor to the Canadian government on cross-cultural communication, entrepreneurship, and helping immigrants to settle in Canada, he is the author of three books and numerous articles, and the editor and content advisor for the Shanghai government's inward investment guides. I actually uh, grew up in in Toronto, in Canada. And um, my when I was uh, in my early twenties, my unfortunately my my mother uh, got quite sick and and died, and I wasn't terribly close to her. So at the time, I, I was a typical rebellious uh, young man, and uh, you know I, I didn't feel like I was close. So I wanted to go and explore her roots and see where she was from. She was from Ireland, so I bought a, a two week ticket to Ireland. And when I, I, I talk to my entrepreneurship students, um, I teach at a couple of universities um, in entrepreneurship. When I speak to them, I always talk to them about chance. And what fascinates me is that when I got off the um, airplane, I, I took a bus into Dublin. I didn't know anybody in Ireland, and I basically had a chance. I didn't think about it at the time, but I had a chance to either walk left or walk right, and I chose to walk left. When I walked left, I walked into a pub, and I ordered a Guinness at the bar, as you would do in Ireland. I, I said, "I'd like to try a pint of Guinness." I'm just getting off the plane from Canada. The guy said, "What do you do for a living in Canada?" And I said, "Well, I've been in university, and I've been working in bars, and I've been working in cook, cooking in restaurants. So I'm a cook. I'm a chef by trade." Said, "Oh my God!" He said, "My chef just left yesterday, and I've got nobody to run the lunch. He walked out on me. I've got no one to run the lunch today. I know you've just got off a plane, but would you consider working? We can do a small, light menu." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of tired. You know, I've just got off this like long-distance uh, flight." And uh, I worked for him that afternoon, and then at the end of the shift, I, I came out, and he said, "We'd we'd like to offer you a job, and don't worry about accommodation. You can live upstairs because it was it was a." 
a fully furnished apartment upstairs. So I kind of thought to myself, somebody, I'm not a particularly religious fellow, but somebody somewhere is looking after me because this is, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, and that moved into um, uh, the guys from uh, Guinness uh, Beer Company used to drink in our pub all the time. And they, they approached me and they said, we like your customer service. We like the way you talk to the customers. I used to come out with the white chef outfit and talk to people in the, in the pub. Um, and they said, we like that you're a little bit different. So would you consider working for Guinness in Italy? And their response Gone. I don't even understand to this day. Their response was when I said there was a big problem here. I don't speak Italian. They said, which is a very typical Irish expression, they said, "Leave it with us." And I thought, how am I going to leave my lack of Italian language skills with you? But anyway, I wound up working in Italy, um, moved on from there, went to the UK, and in the UK I set up a consulting business teaching British people how to give Canadian-style customer service. Um, and that grew into a pretty large company. And then when I sold that, um, I decided that I was very lucky in business, but didn't have any formal uh, business education. That's when I kind of shifted into taking an MBA and going down an academic path. So, yeah. Wow, that is so adventurous, fun, and spontaneous. It's like um, there is the career theory called happenstance. And they said that, you know, sometimes job comes to you when on the unplanned mm. incident. Often. Right. And because of you walk in that, into that bar and order a Guinness, eventually because of your own personality, being so customer service oriented person, you shine. And then that guy asked you to work for them in Italy and on and on and on. Just so amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah all you have to do is just to be yourself. And do your best on that spot. I think for for sort of international people or international students, it's it, they have the reverse thing. Is that you know I did it in reverse, but when they're coming to to North America, they also have to shine because I don't. I think there can be a when you get rejected a few times, told you don't have the local experience, but that's not the international person's strong point. It's that they bring something different to the table. So, you know, there are people that see that. Just right. like this guy in the pub said, "Wow, your mother's Irish, you don't know our culture, but you've come here, I'll give you a chance. That's so oh. true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And you see, education comes later. Yeah. Once, uh, first is your personality. It's not, mm -hmm. it's like your, your good intention to really do anything at your best at that spot at the time. And then, you know, your gap of, you know, what else you can take more to leverage your strengths, right? Of course. Bring of course. you to the next level. And then you took your MBA. Of course. Um, you know, and it, what's interesting is that I, I mentioned I, I have a lot of international students that, that I teach. Uh, actually, in my entrepreneur class in particular, that's at a school called BCIT, which is the British Columbia Institute of Technology. Um, I teach another entrepreneur class at a school called Emlion, which is actually a French school. This is getting even more international. It's a French school, but I teach at their Shanghai campus. And right now, I'm doing that online, obviously, because I can't get back to China. I'm I'm here in Vancouver. Um, but one thing I discovered along the same theme is that in entrepreneurship, there's luck. There's a lot of luck, but you make your own luck. So I'm right now in the middle, um, Quan, of writing a book. 
where I interview entrepreneurs, and I think this applies for international students as well. I'm interviewing entrepreneurs and I'm asking them, what is the most sort of audacious question like you asked? What is it? Moreover, what did you ask for that you thought you'd never get and you got that helped you on your entrepreneurial journey? Because I believe that international students and international people, if they're asking more questions and they're maybe making what they think maybe are unreasonable or rude asks, as simple as, would you do a, you know, an informational interview with me? Would you have a coffee with me to explain that most people, maybe not most, but a lot of people, if you approach them in the right way, will agree to your ask. Exactly. And I always say this to my students too, like job searching is like you're opening up your own business. Be the business owner and you have to sell your product, which is yourself. Right. And yeah, it's, it's just about that ask. Behind the scene, we also talk about your journey to China and you lived there for many, many years. Yes, indeed. Um that was uh well that's kind of where the story left off when we started which is the um my 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 mba i took in in a place called cardiff in the uk and um it, it was a very bizarre setup it was a large mba um, cohort group and the class was almost divided it was an auditorium and you had chinese students on one side indians students from india on another side and then in the front two rows you had people who were from Cardiff or sort of native UK, Welsh people. And uh, it was very strange because at that time, when you pick up magazines like The Economist or, 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 you know, well, The Economist is a great example. So they would always have one article per issue talking about how China was growing quickly. It was exciting to watch this growth. Then I noticed that became two articles on a regular basis. Now, if you pick up The Economist, it's about 50-50 between China, news about China, news about Asia, and news about the West. Um, so I was fascinated by China. And in the uh, uh, beginning of the 2000s, I was invited, because I had this training company, I was invited to make a presentation in Shanghai. So I'd already been once and was fascinated by it, but wanted to learn more about it. So I made friends with all the um, Chinese students in the group. This is another thing I always tell international students is that mix um, meet as many local people as possible. What often happens, I've seen it in reverse, but what often happens with my students is they cluster. So the Chinese students will all stay together, Indian students will all stay together. What's the point? You've come to a new place. Yeah, it's great to have a bit of comfort, but also get out of that comfort zone and go meet as many locals as possible because that will help you to develop your network and, and uh, you might decide to stay and give you a totally different experience. But anyway, I became very friendly with a group of uh, Chinese entrepreneurs and I, I didn't, they were quite humble. They didn't tell me much about what they were doing in, in uh, Shanghai and I, we were quite friendly. We studied together. We went out and, and, you know, went to restaurants and bars and what have you and became quite friendly. And when uh, uh, around 2009, the Shanghai World Expo was coming in for 2010, it was 2008 actually, uh, they approached me and they said, hey, listen, what, what are you doing in the UK now? I don't know if you remember, but that was at the very start of the financial crisis in the UK. So at the time I was running a training business and training is something that's a bit of, it's great, but companies always cut that first in times of financial crisis. So all of a sudden my book was drying up by the day. All of a sudden loads and loads and loads of 
customers were saying, we don't have the funds for this, we don't want to do this. Um, we'll see you in a couple of years sort of thing. I thought, uh-oh, maybe it's time to jump out. And at the exact same time, my classmates said, hey, we, we'd love to have in our company someone who's from overseas who maybe give a different perspective and can maybe uh, sell some of our offerings. It was an advertising company and a sister company that did um, uh, exhibition design, like design booths, you know, for, for um, uh, events and conferences and what have you. So my role was to then, I jumped over there, took the chance. Very um, difficult at that time because it was still not as international as it is now. So, for example, I read an article last week that said there's more coffee shops in Shanghai than any city in the whole world. But when I went there, it was hard to find a coffee. Um, so, you know, you'd go to local places, you'd ask for a coffee, and you'd get one of those uh, Nescafe type uh, instant coffees. Um, and Starbucks was there at the time, but didn't have much of a presence. But now there's coffee shops everywhere. And just everything in general has changed so much, so it's much easier to communicate in, in English and broken Chinese, whereas then it was near impossible. So different. Yeah, it's really changed a lot. Um, it's quite an international city now in, and holds its weight with other international cities. Um, so that, that's kind of how that happened. And, and then I wound up staying there. Um, as a little bit of romance, as a romantic story, as I, I met a lady there who um, I was helping, because on the, on the side, because of the history of, I love teaching, so on the side I was running a little business teaching sort of soft skills to Chinese people that were looking to get jobs in Fortune 500 companies. And along came, through a contact, along came this lady who I was um, coaching in interview skills because she wanted to get a job in Hong Kong. So she announced to me that she got a job in Hong Kong and I said, well, there's a problem. I think I might be in love with you. So I packed all my bags, moved down to Hong Kong and followed her. And the story continued. Um, got back involved with training and in, in development in Hong Kong. Didn't know anybody in Hong Kong. Same thing, knocking on doors, talking to people, building relationships quickly. And the business started flying again. Yeah. Wow. So cool. and. Uh, you met your significant other because of your international journey. Mm. And now she's, uh, it's early morning here in, in Vancouver. She's and here holidays. with you in Vancouver. <laughs> Sleep in the other room. <laughs> Can you share with us a little bit about the perspective, like your own experience of cross-cultural, you know, like I know the culture in UK, in Ireland, in Shanghai and Hong Kong, they are totally different. How did you handle all those transitions? I think people are people, so you can always find a sort of a common ground somewhere. Um, but I, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I mentioned running the training company in the Middle East. Um, one of the stupidest things I ever said was I was training a group of, of um, uh, Saudi Arabian uh, men. It was a school, but it was all a group of, of, of men. And uh, this was like, this was years ago. This was around the time of the Iraq uh, invasion, 2003 maybe, 2004, I can't recall. And uh, they, they asked me, they were trying to sort of bait me into a political, and I didn't even realize, but they were trying to bait me into a political conversation of some kind. And... Uh, 
I, they, they, they asked me the question, what did I think of George Bush? And I said, well, he seems like a likable guy that you could sit down and have a beer with. And you know when you say something and as you're saying it, you know, uh-oh, I've just said the wrong thing. Um, that's a very strict um, um, culture as far as alcohol is concerned. Mm -hmm. And in their eyes at that time, there was an invasion of one of their countries by this particular figurehead. Mm -hmm. So that took some softening. Um, but even places like Ireland, you know, I, I'll never forget when I first went to Ireland, I, I met up with some people and they said, uh, you fancy coming out with us for a bit of crack? Now, coming from Canada, I thought they meant crack, the drug, uh, <laughs> the good, you know, a drug. And I was like, no, 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 I don't do that. I don't do that. They said, you don't like, you don't like a bit of crack? Crack <laughs> and means a bit of fun, okay. having a bit of fun. So I was like, no, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, so it's these tiny things that you, but you realize. Um, I remember in uh, China, going to meet a group of uh, senior business people, quite um, old, older people. Uh, I was quite a young guy at the time. And uh, I was going around and, and it's such a silly thing, but I was banging their cups uh, like cheers, but I was banging with mine above their glass. And in that particular culture, I don't know about other cultures, but in that particular culture, that sort of signifies I'm above you. It, it's an unwritten rule, but I was back. You're supposed to, go below when you're doing this. And I was pulled aside by my um, a classmate stroke, boss stroke friend, and, and said, don't do that, don't do that. I said, what am I doing? He said, you can't do that. You can't be going around cheers and smashing the top of their glass. It, it does, it's not right. And I just didn't understand. I, I obeyed, I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll stop. But so many little things like that. And I think it takes a little bit of time to learn these things. My wife here in Vancouver struggles sometimes might say the wrong um, uh, thing uh, based just on her own upbringing. I think we all make those mistakes. The, the good news, the good news is as the world becomes more integrated, I think these things are less important. Um, they're important to respect and understand, and but I think they're less important than maybe more they diverse, were. right? Maybe, yeah, maybe with the, all the social media, people have more exposed to what is out there mm. so yeah maybe yeah and actually do you agree with me that it's quite hard for for all of us to just avoid making mistakes when you move to a different country meet with new people yeah i mean it is difficult you know um i taught a class last week and they were um it was for this, this school emlion um And they were based in China and they were going to be going on their um, assignment, like not assignment, but they do a semester. Sorry, that's wrong word assignment. Uh, they do a semester in France and we were teaching cross-cultural communication. We were looking at different models like Gert Hofstede, uh, Aaron Mayer, different ways that people kind of, um, they're kind of generalizations, but looking at characteristics as a group of, of people, which can also be dangerous, but uh, it's good to know these things. Um, but they were all sort of like, well, how do I do this? Or how do I say that? And I think it's, it's trial and error. As long as you don't do something obviously offensive or really rude, I think it's trial and error. And I think most people are, um, most in intelligent people anyway, are, are just as happy to learn from you. I always tell international students, I say like, you offer something different. You, you're, 
you 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 think you're not of value sometimes when you, the door is shut in your face a few times, but actually, in many ways, you bring a total different dimension to a company. You see things in a different way. You your 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 norms, your values, everything about you is different, and that's a bonus. You know, that's positive things to bring to the workplace. So. Sure, and and I also tell them that you know you're not the only one who gets rejected at job interviews. I get rejected at job interviews. I had an opportunity for a really interesting position the other week, and was told I was overqualified. I don't know what that means because, no, no, I'm not overqualified. What you are asking me to do, I fit in perfectly. But obviously, somebody else fit in better. So, you know, I. I I, I, I try and keep it positive that it's it's it, the uniqueness, but sometimes people don't see that uniqueness. I think what I was what I was getting at here is that you know I'm from this country, and when I go for opportunities, it was a consulting job; it wasn't a full time job. But my background of international sometimes is a negative too in certain people's eyes. But right. if you find the right people, and the right people are out there, they value international skill sets more and more. That is so true, and you know, just consider uh, what you can bring to the table mm. as an international, mm. right? For sure, for sure. This is such an amazing conversation, and I love how you talk about generalization. You know, learning actually when you um, need to go across the culture. First of all, learn some basic stuff. You need to know all the basic stuff before uh, getting. To meet with new people, you know all the cultural etiquette. That's the basic thing. But again, we all make mistakes. So when you make mistakes, just don't be too self-critical. Just apologize, accept it, laugh over that mistakes, right, and move on. Mm-hmm. Yes, and please know that we all make mistakes. Doctor Woods make mistake. Coach Kwan make mistakes all the time, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> What will be your advice for international students who are trying to overcome cultural nuances at this time? There's a few things. One, I think I mentioned this earlier in the in in our talk. Um, integrate. Mm-hmm. So, so um, a couple of years back, I spent the summer in. I was living in China at the time, but I just I I um, wanted to come back to Canada for a few months because it was a, a program that University of Toronto was doing with. Uh, with my school, and it was like uh, I was able to um, uh, stay in downtown Toronto for like like fourteen dollars a night or something ridiculous in the in the school dorms during the summer. And I noticed that almost all of the Chinese students, and I've noticed this all at any university I've been involved with, as I mentioned before, they congregate together because it's easy, right? It's easy to be with your own right. uh, friends and and uh, make friends quickly, and and. Watching shows from home, uh, doing things from home, eating in restaurants from home—that's great. Try to break yourself if your plan is long term, and even if your plan is not a long term, break yourself out of that. You know, find local friends, and you, you find some people don't want to be friendly, but most people will want to learn from you just as you learn from them. So break out of that for sure. Join groups and attach yourself to as many local. Uh, people, people have grown up in the city, maybe that you're studying in, or the province, state, whatever, so that you can understand their thinking better. Because part of the 
I think part of the rationale for coming to study in another country is that you want to understand that country. And you're not going to really understand that country unless you try and assimilate into the daily life of the people. That will make it easier for you to find employment when it's time to find employment. That will make it easier for you to improve your language skills. Um, I mean, like I say, um, I'm dealing um, with, with some students I'm, I'm working with now actually from Japan. And they're all working in Japanese restaurants. And I say, okay, well, that's great because it's the easy solution for you. But you need to be working somewhere where you can be speaking English every day. So try and find friends where you can speak English every day. Try and find people, groups, organizations to volunteer for where you're working with local people. You're learning a local work culture. You're just doing yourself such a favor. It's so easy and comfortable to stay in your own、uh, group and watch your, with your own. Sort of customs and cultures and programs and food and everything, but take yourself out of that. No matter how difficult it is for you, take yourself out of that and push yourself to assimilate more with the local, and you'll get a totally different experience in your year, four years, however long your, your time is in, in your host、uh, country. And some of you might even love it and decide to stay. I mean, but you'll have much more opportunities. If your language is improved, your cultural in- intelligence, I guess you can say,、um, your awareness of, of, of the society that you're in. And your investment on this education, which is so expensive, comparing to going to the school back home, right, will, will be worth it. Because there are so many opportunities. I, I love how you mentioned、uh, when you mentioned about volunteering,、mm. it's a great way. To learn the new culture, may, it may be difficult, you know, for you to、uh, just break into the group at the pub or bar, right? Because that kind of cross-cultural、um, awkwardness. So, volunteer is the best opportunity for you to get to know other people and have some common goals to achieve, and is a, a good things to like. You try to achieve something,、um, you know, that is very purposeful. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, great way. Great get, way get invited to people's houses. Get invited、yeah. to come to dinners with people. Don't don't be shy. And another thing, because you, you asked me this advice, one of the the number one things I find is the shyness around the language. Don't be shy to say I don't understand. Can you repeat that? Yes, people, of course. People understand that. This whole notion of face. Forget about it when you're in the in. The, America or Canada or Europe or whatever, just forget about it. Just be yourself. Ask questions, and people, you know, people want your interest in other people is makes them happy. People want to talk about themselves and their own cultures, and they also want to find out about you. So just go for it. Don't be shy. There's no point in being shy. That's so amazing. That's so amazing. Well, we got lots of great advice from you today, Andrew, and.、Um, How can international students or educators who are listening to us right now follow your work?、Uh, well, they can. We can put some some contacts in the in the feed later in the in the recorded video.、Um, they can follow me on LinkedIn,、uh, Twitter.、Uh, I think it's Andrew Woods too. We'll, we'll put the we'll put them in. The I will、feed. put your LinkedIn in URL、yeah. in the caption、yeah. for、Delighted、sure. Delighted, Richard. Just just send a little private message. I mean, that's a cultural thing as well. I I get. Hundreds of people asking to connect, and I don't know who they are. So if they just write a little message saying "Hi, I heard you. I heard you on this podcast, or I saw you here," or then I'm very happy to connect and help people. 
Um, it's just a question of reaching out. And I think you'll find that's a good exercise because most people are happy to help you if you reach out, you know? That's amazing. You, you just send a CV or a resume to people and you don't give them any anything, any context, they're probably not gonna phone you. But if you reach out to someone on LinkedIn, you say, hi, you know, I'm Andrew, I'm new to the country, I'm studying here, um, you know, this is what I bring to your organization. Uh, could, can we have a coffee or a talk if you're in the same city? Um, you know, th these these are those extra little things to differentiate you, to make you stand out. Right. Just take maybe, you know, two to three minutes to look at their profile and mm. think about one thing that intrigues you and write about it. Like, mm. you know, Dr. Woods, I really love your interview with Coach Kwan. That's no reason that you would not accept that request. Of course. Right? So take the same approach for other people, other professionals that you want to connect with. I agree. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so intrigued by your story, by your advice, and I'm looking forward to reading your book. You will get a copy. Up next on Meet the Mentor, meet Nadia Ibrahim Taney an assistant professor at the University of Cincinnati. She's also a career coach and a member of the LGBTQ community. Nadia will share her experience in finding inclusive companies. The, the ultimate goal of DEI efforts is belonging. So how do people feel a sense of belonging within this organization? Um, and how can I be part of that? Um, you know, I don't want to walk into an organization and just, you know, harmoniously enter and acclimate into their environment. I, I want to have a little bit of my influence in that environment and that culture as well. Um, so thinking of ways in which you can get involved, thinking of ways um, that the company is doing training opportunities perhaps, um, and again, on, on that continuous education. Especially international students, if you can share your past experience that you have done something at school to promote diversity and inclusion at your college, that's going to be a highlight on your resume in the job interview too. That's next time on Meet the Mentor podcast. If you like what you heard, I would appreciate it if you could rave and review the show. It helps people find us. And if you would like to share your own story or you know someone we should bring to the show, please contact me at icaway.com. See you next time.